next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canastro Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Today, I'm going to be talking about this Eagles game coming up on Sunday in a little bit of a different um, format than you're used to seeing. Um, I had an interview with Pat Ralph. He's a reporter with the Eagles, a great guy. You'll be hearing that in here in just a second. Uh, before I switch you guys over to their pregame information, uh, the injury report came out. The Saints are getting a little bit healthy. Uh, they will not have Malcolm Brown or Patrick Robbins in this game. They're both out and Deontay Harris, the return specialist, the Pro Bowler, the All-Pro, will be questionable for this game. And obviously, Drew Brees did not practice this week. He will be out. His hopes and uh, his mindset turns to Week 15 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully, we can see him then, but we will see. I will now flip you guys over to my interview with Pat Ralph, Eagle writer for the Philadelphia Voice. Go check him out. Great guy, had a great conversation with him. I hope you guys enjoy our little interview that we had about the game. Hey, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. It makes like, as I do the show every week, and it makes it so much better when like you can bring somebody on who follows the other team so closely and knows it well, and it just makes for such a good discussion. So I appreciate you coming on and making some time, man. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same exact way. I, I have tons of knowledge about the Saints, but I couldn't say the same about the Eagles. I wouldn't blame you. You know, honestly, there hasn't been much fun, nothing to watch really that's been entertaining, you know. I, so you're not really missing anything um, on that front. You know, I was mentioning it before you hopped on. I was talking about how coming into the season, I, I looked, I kind of penciled this game. It was like that would be a fun game mid to late December. We have two teams that will probably be vying for division titles, playoff positioning, maybe, you know, seeding in the NFC playoff picture. Well, I said I was saying here, one of those teams is definitely holding up their end of the bargain, and the Eagles are not, and the Saints are. Um, I want like I look at this Saints team right now, man, and I'm like, from what I've seen, I'm looking from a further away. So I want you to tell me what you've seen from watching them, you know, week in and week out. That this team, like we have a lot of teams right now. The NFC is kind of a hot, like a, it's a hodgepodge of teams right now. You can make an argument for that is the best team in that conference. It feels like the Saints right now are the most complete team in the conference. What do you think? Well, coming into this season, the Saints were favored in every single game besides one, and that one game was in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And I think that was uh, – I know the players and staff don't really care about that, but I think that that put a chip on their shoulder just because of the recent games they've had and the competition that they've had, especially in the playoffs last year. But, I mean, it's, it's been really tough for the Saints, and it's, it's been like any other year. They've had to go through so much adversity. Michael Thomas and Drew Brees being that insane duo last year, they've played two games together this year. And it feels like the offense has not had their best game yet, and yet we're sitting here at 10-2 and two, going to Philly. And it still feels like we need to have that complete game, which feels weird. But I think it's a testament to how deep they are and how talented this, that, that, that Saints team is. Yeah, I think that's so crazy is that, like, they haven't been, like, blown away people on offense. I think they've had – you correct me if I'm wrong. Like, in the last few weeks, they've only had one game where they've gotten into the 30s in terms of points scored. 
Mm-hmm. And like, this is a team where you look at it coming the year, like this is a team, a great offense. They're going to put up a lot of points. And it's like, they're not blowing teams away offensively this year. I mean, they have had moments, but it's not like they're, you know, it, it's not like they put like, this is Kansas city or green Bay that has absolutely run up the scoreboard a lot in some of these games, but it feels like that's the thing. They're 10 and two. And we haven't even seen the best from them yet offensively and stuff. I mean, that's got to lend to the fact that like, Really, maybe the best is yet to come with this team, especially if you get Drew Brees back healthy for these last few games. I know Sunday it doesn't look like he's going to play, but that's why I feel like the ceiling right now with this New Orleans team is so high because they haven't played their best football yet. Yeah, and I go back. I look back at Tampa when they beat them thirty-eight-three or something like that on Sunday Night Football. That's the kind of performance that we want week in and week out, and we haven't seen a complete Saints team in terms of health like their health Mm -hmm. since that Mm -hmm. and Drew Brees had two or three crack ribs in that game and Mm -hmm. I think Saints fans just keep going back to that game and thinking okay if we can get everyone back healthy it's going to be scary because I mean looking at the injury report right now I just got a tweet um they got some guys coming back that Janoris coming back they got Marcus Davenport coming back uh those guys are so important and, and like you said they haven't blown anyone out and having Taysom Hill in I know he is probably more than what we expected in terms of a quarterback. And he's kind of impressed Saints media. And I know he hasn't got much love in terms of um, other media. But I think he's done a good job of carrying carrying the load and just getting by. And that, that's just, that's what the Saints need to do. And, yeah, Taysom and Michael Thomas are starting to get onto a rhythm. And I think that's something that we need to continue on. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought up Taysom Hill because I wanted to ask you about him. I mean, I, it's funny you say that because I feel like nationally – there's been a lot of questions and skepticism. All right, this guy's not, he's not, you know, they, you know, people, you know, he's been anointed as the potential heir to Drew Brees and this guy's going to step in, but hasn't looked like an amazing offensive performance these last few weeks. But how do you, yeah, how do you evaluate what he's done? It feels like what you said from what I've seen is that he's doing what they need him to do. He's not blowing people away, but he's doing what the game plan calls for. What do you, how do you evaluate so far how he's played in these last few games where he's filled in for Brees? Everyone in the media, their only question was, can he actually be a quarterback? And we know he could run the football. We know he could catch the football. And the things he's done great is throw the football. And in this past game, he had great accuracy. And he had some throws that really impressed us. But now the concern that pops up all of a sudden is his fumbling problems. And he's fumbled twice in the past three games. And that, that's a problem. And some people say it's his hand size or whatnot. And Sean Payton said it's it's a real big issue that he keeps coughing the football up. He he fumbled three times last week, and that's something we're not used to seeing. And I know he hasn't gotten this this many touches, but he's in terms of throwing the football and being a quarterback and his progression in the pocket and his three step drop and all that. He's done a phenomenal job, and um, he said it's been huge help with Drew Brees on the sideline helping him out. In Denver, he had a pretty rough game. Drew Brees wasn't there to help him out, and I think he's he's getting better and better and. Still, there's question marks about him, but this could be his last start till maybe next year. But I, I know Sean's liked what he's seen in terms of him throwing the football. Griff here in the discussion chat has a real asked a really good question. I want to pass it off to you here. If the Saints are up big late in this game, because there's a good chance this could get ugly, given the way the Eagles have been playing, the way the Saints are going right now. Where, where do you think there's a possibility that we see? Jameis Winston and all and even if not like maybe let's take a big picture too here not just focusing on Sunday 
what is Jameis's role with this team going forward? Is this just to kind of like, do we see him at all down the, the last three games of the season? Do we, um, is this a guy they're just trying to kind of fix him inside the building and then kind of hopefully turn him around and then he kind of can, you know, either back up Taysom next year or hit the free agency market. Where do you see Jameis in all of this right now? I mean, if the game goes how they really want it to, I could see Jameis coming in. But in terms of meaningful snaps of him actually throwing the football, I couldn't. I don't see him getting any of those. If they're up big late and uh, they still want to throw the football, I think Taysom will stay in for those. Just in terms of film, they want to get film of this guy. And I know we all do. We all want to see more information from Taysom. But Jameis Winston, I think if, if Sean decided to go with Jameis when Drew went down, I think we'd be in the sim- similar category of in terms of wins and how we're playing. We're not blowing teams out. We're not doing phenomenal uh, quarterback issues in terms of uh, turnovers. And I, I like Jameis. I, I think he's done a great job. I think he's done a better job. Uh, we can't see a lot in, in training camp or practice, but it's said that he's his decision-making is better, his accuracy is getting there. Just learning behind Drew – I know it's going to help him so much. And if he can come back next year and compete with Taysom, I know they really want Taysom to be the guy. If he can come back and compete with Taysom next year, I think that'd be amazing. But I really don't see a lot of Jameis in this game just because they want to get Taysom um, some more experience. Right. And I think I look, when I look at the Saints this year and when I've watched them and anybody and, and Braden brought up a good point here in the, in the, and alluded to a guy I wanted to bring up is it, it feels like this all starts and ends with Alvin Kamara. And, um, you know, this is a guy like the Eagles have had done a terrible job this year defending against the run. And you're going against maybe the best running back you're going to face all season. Uh, he's got, a guy who rightfully, especially earlier in the year, belonged in the, I feel like, in that MVP conversation. And you can make the argument, still does. Where, I mean, it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong here. Like, what, like, it feels like as Kamara goes, the rest of the Saints offense goes, and especially right now where you've got Taysom Hill in there and can take the pressure off. How important is Kamara's ability to produce and be able to not only in the run game and in the pass game, be able to open up the rest of that Saints offense? Yeah, I 100% agree. And he was in those MVP conversations the first, what, four or five weeks, and then it kind of fell yeah. off. And the difference between Taysom being in and Kamara's numbers being down and Drew being in and his numbers are up is because when Taysom feels the pressure – He'll run. He'll escape the pocket. He'll move. He'll get his own yards. When Drew feels the pressure, he dumps to Kamara, and it's probably eight, nine times a game where he'll just dump it to him, and he'll get his own yards. There was a point in the season that Kamara had 284 receiving yards, and 283 of them were yards after catch. Mm -hmm. And that's just a testament to him just dumping off the football. And we're not seeing that as much because Taysom's not going to uh, dump it. If he knows he can get some yards on the ground, he had 88 yards uh, or 83 yards last week on the ground. And that's just half of those were him just escaping the pocket and running the football. I think uh, if we can get Kamara going a little bit more, he had a great week on the ground. But in terms of his pass ability, his receiving ability, I haven't seen that a lot. And I think uh, Sean's got to do a better job of implementing him into the pass game. And I know last time uh, or in the regular season, the Saints played uh, the Eagles. He, Sean Payne had lots of fun having Kamara at wide receiver. Right. And that's the thing. It's just he's, I, the, the fact that he's a dual threat and to be able to get him going, it's just what he's able to do. And that's what made me so impressive is like the thing I think I've always thought what this year has been really cool to say, because a lot of times we don't see this, and especially from a running back is where you get concerned. Is like, you know, he got that nice contract. He held out, got that contract in the offseason. I mean, he's lived up to it and then some this year. And he has been amazing. He's been worth every single penny 
that they've given him so far. And that's what you want to see out of a guy that can do that at such a high level. Flipping it to the other side of the ball there for the defense for the Saints, I feel like that's the part of this team, though, that has been over the last several games here has been their strong point is like that's been their calling card has been I mean they're arguably the best defense in football right now look at some metrics they are you could say they're the best defense I wouldn't argue against that like how do you evaluate where this team is defensively uh, from what you have seen and and where do you see them going do you think there's only more room for them to improve going forward with these last four games this in the regular season and then heading into the playoffs it kind of blows my mind to see the turnaround that they had but on my podcast I said over and over again that that they don't need to go out and trade anyone. They don't need to go out and sign anyone. They have talent in the building. They just weren't performing. And the communication mm-hmm. was a huge issue in the back end. They were getting burnt yeah. left and right. Yeah. And they missed Janoris Jenkins for a few games. They had Lattimore out for a few games. There was mm-hmm. a game where they went to Detroit and didn't have Lattimore or Jenkins. And yeah. Cameron Jordan early didn't produce. And all of a sudden, when they brought in Kawan, it was just kind mm-hmm. of a, a – just the light went off and – Everyone started to play at their max ability. Trey Hendrickson, a guy that no one really knows about, is third right. in the NFL in sacks. And he's just – everyone's producing. David Onyemata has emerged as one of the um, the starting defensive tackles, uh, beating Rankins out of that spot. The linebacker play has been phenomenal. Demaro Davis and Kwan have done a great job. And it's, it's, it's really a testament to Dennis Allen as well. I know there was lots of heat on him earlier on um, in terms of the defense, but they – they, they stayed pat. They stayed what they wanted to do. They ran lots of cover, too, early in the early in the season. They got rid of that. They found Malcolm Jenkins, a good little spot in that slot. And he's had a great, great season ever since, at, pretty much after the Chargers game when they did not look good at all. But this defense has absolutely carried this team. If it wasn't for their top play right now, they would probably be 1-3 or 2-2 two and two in these fast four games. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Malcolm Jenkins, of course, this being an Eagles, you know, centric, you know, show and event. Obviously, it's a big deal with him coming back to Philly this week. A lot of chatter about that. A guy that, you know, a lot of people here in Philadelphia are not happy they let go. And you're seeing it with the Saints right now. He's contributing in a nice role there for the Saints and and doing a nice job and has played a lot better. So it is going to be interesting having him back in Philly and a guy who was beloved here. Um, It's really interesting having that. I think that's what, like, Brent, that's the thing, like, why it's like with the Saints, I look at this and I'm like, this NFC is so jumbled up. You've got New Orleans, you've got Green Bay, you've got Seattle, the Rams, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, it depends how you feel about Arizona and Minnesota making this late run and Tampa Bay, of course, like, the, and then whatever, whoever comes out of the NFCs, whether it's the Giants or Washington, like, I mean, that's why I feel like I come back to the Saints. It's like, like, like as much as I love Green Bay, and like I, Rogers has been arguably the MVP of the league this year. Defensively, if they get exposed, they're going to lose a game. And I feel like the Saints, like they at least what they have between what they have ability to run the ball, pass the ball, especially when Breeze gets healthy, and what they can be defensively. It feels like again, it's like they're not just the most complete; they're just a balanced team. And, and especially if they're going to have home field. Well, I just feel like that helps them out so much better. Is that you have a complete football team, and I think that hel- helps your chances you know, if you want to get to Tampa Bay in February. Yeah, it hasn't been like the past years where where they've gone 13-3 and and kind of just cruised their way to the playoffs. It's been really tough sledding. It's been some really weird scenarios. And it's been week week to week, different different personnel having to step up. We had Emmanuel Sanders with COVID. Of course, Michael Thomas out. And there was a week we didn't have Thomas or Sanders. And they found ways to win that game. That's just 
players deep in the lineup stepping up. And when in these past years, they play, of course played the Rams, and we know what happened in that game when the Vikings did not show up, didn't play well. But I think this this year just feels a little bit different in terms of just grit and adversity. This team hasn't really gone through a ton of that over this span. They've kind of just cruised through their past schedules. But this has been real tough. Every week's been a tough game. It's been a tough matchup. And, yeah, you're right. Green Bay, they had a tough loss against the Colts, Seattle, um, kind of late and against the Giants. I mean, it's really up for grabs, but it's, it's really tight with the tiebreaker. Green Bay, of course, beat the Saints. So I don't yeah. really see Green Bay losing another game. So if the Saints want the one seed, I think they got to win out and they got Kansas City left on their schedule. Yeah, man, I was going to bring that up. You got a tough, your schedule's a little like, it's like a little frisky here because you got the Eagles who are, you know, they're in it still technically in the NFCs, but they're hanging on by a thread despite all their messes and drama. Um, yeah, you've got Kansas City next week in a huge game. Uh, say a, a potential Super Bowl preview. Certainly you're going to have, you know, potentially the top two teams in the AFC going head, a, you know, the t- top team in the AFC and the NFC, excuse me, going head-to-head in that game. you got a Minnesota team that's coming on strong that has been playing better and has all of a sudden found itself in a position to grab one of those final wild-card spots. And you've got Carolina where – you know, I mean, I know that Carolina's not that good, but, like, they compete and they play well and they don't usually get blown out in games. I feel like, as you are saying there, that it's going to be a really – it's not going to be an easy stretch there towards the end of the season. Um, however, though, how do you feel about this team, whether it is going up against a Green Bay or a Seattle or a Tampa or – I mean, obviously, De- Tampa, you've dominated and you lost to Green Bay, but, like, how do you as a whole feel about this team with – three games at, let's say, past this Eagles game, with three games left, and then look at the playoffs. I mean, how would you want, if you could design the playoff picture to work out, obviously getting the number one seed, how, wh- which team would you like to avoid? How do you think the Saints fare best going forward into the, into the playoff picture right now? I think the most important thing for New Orleans is pretty much just health. I think if they got round two of Green Bay, I think that outcome would be totally different. Um, they didn't have Michael Thomas in that game, and they really had a great shot to win that game at the end, and Taysom Hill fumbled of course and that kind of ended ended that sequence but I I don't want to see Tampa Bay again I know it's really difficult to beat a team twice let alone three times mm-hmm. but that Kansas City game I saw Griff said um let's see it wouldn't be too bad if the Saints lost that game yeah I don't yeah. think so either it really depends how they would lose I really want them to put up a fight and the main thing is Drew Brees will probably be back next week I cross my fingers he really wanted to play this game and I know he's going to push like hell to play this uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think that'll be a big game for them. Just to, um, they haven't really played a team that has been there before, and Kansas City has been, uh, of course, the old Super Bowl champions. I think that'll be a great test for them. And, yeah, and the yeah. NFC, I think, I think it's really up for grabs. I don't, I don't really think New Orleans is worried about playing anyone. I think they would love to play Tampa Bay again. I just personally wouldn't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see them again. But, right. I, I mean – that number one seed is so important just because they haven't been healthy this this whole season. Yeah, and just having the fact that, like, yes, I know that there won't be or will be very limited number of fans, even if they have, you know, if they get home field with those two games at the Dome. Still, though, being able to ha- be at home, especially in this year with all this weird stuff going on and traveling and just being able to be a- at home, that makes a huge difference, as we've seen. And... Um, I, I, I can understand what you're feeling about Tampa. Your concerns is because this is a team where, yeah, you've beaten them twice and you've won handily both times. You were the, clearly the better team. But 
obviously we know what Tampa's potential is. They haven't figured it out yet, but we know that if somehow they can, if that switch can flip and we know what Tom Brady can do in that defense, if that defense can finally figure things out a little bit, you know that like what they can do. And obviously you talk about Green Bay and you talk about Seattle, you've got right now, you know, 1A and 1B in terms of quarterbacks in the NFC with how they've played this year. Spinning it back to like this game coming this Sunday, obviously the Saints are heavy favorites in this game. They should win going away, not just because they've been playing well and they're the better team, but because the Eagles are in a complete disarray right now. Let's say I'm the Eagles coaching staff. Take me inside. How would you, having watched the Saints, how would you game plan to try to beat New Orleans on Sunday? What would be your, like if you were the Eagles, Doug Peterson, who needs a lot of help right now, the Eagles coaching needs a lot of help. They needed some advice how to game plan for this Saints team. What would you tell them? They need to be able to run the football. That's the most important thing. The Saints have had a great run defense, but they need to be able to run the ball. These past few weeks, the Saints have made teams extremely one-dimensional, just straight-up passing, and they haven't been able to really run on them. But what I really like with Jalen Hurts is that he can move in the pocket. And what when the, when the Saints went to Denver and played Kendall Hinton, I know he's not a quarterback or anything, but when he left the pocket, I mean, he had time to throw. He had options. I really think they did a really poor job of giving him opportunities. But if you can get Jalen going, some easy throws, um, don't put him in bad scenarios. If it's third and 14, maybe just give him a little easy pass, screen pass or something. Don't yeah. force anything with Jalen. I, I, I love Jalen. I've met him before. He's a great guy. Um, I know probably you and other Eagles fans are excited to see him get his opportunity. And I, 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 I want to see it go well, but not too well. Um, but definitely run the football. I think that's the most important thing. If they can, if they can run the football, um, that's, that can be a problem. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the thing though, is like the Eagles, one of their big problems this year has been is the inability to consistently establish the run game and have a, you know, and run the football because they've got a great running back in Miles Sanders. I mean, when he gets mm-hmm. the ball, he, he plays really well. I mean, he's done a really good job. However, that doesn't get enough. I think the other day against green Bay, he had, 10 carries for 31 yards. They, they'll they go to the run game early in the first quarter, but then like once it slows down or you get like only like a gain of one or two, immediately you turn away from the run game and go right to passing and, pa- and it just gets out of hand. And that's how the Eagles fall behind in games. And they can't score is because there's no balance to their offense and their wide receivers can't do anything. And of course, the, you know, Carson Wentz has not been playing well. The offensive line's a mess. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I look at that and I go, this is the last week I was thinking with Green Bay. Green Bay is a, a team, you know, defensively that they're not very good stopping the run either. I'm looking at this going, well, you almost don't have to worry because the Eagles aren't going to threaten you, you know. It's just, <laughs> this is a matchup where almost if you're the Saints, it's like, all right, you know, we don't have to worry about that too much. I agree with you, though, that, like, if you're Hurts, if you're the Eagles coaching staff, and I'm going to get into what, um, uh, uh, with, um, uh, with what Griff brought up here is that, um, you know, if you're trying to get Hurts going here, I mean, you're not even uh, – yes, you're looking to win the game. But at this point right now, the more important thing is about development and seeing what can Hurts do. What, Like you said, Brendan, what kind of plays um, can um, – uh, w- you know, how can you build the offense around to have success? Don't put them in positions to make bad throws or to have where nobody can get open. Just make it simple. And then go from there. And I think as Griff brought up, like his question, do I think Doug will be back? I think this is, these are the games that determine that answer, um, Griff. And I think what happens is, I think part of the reason that 
you know, you make a move from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts, whether it's for this week, whether it's for the final four games, is because you want to see what you have in Hurts. You want to see whether the offense is a little bit better. If it gets a spark, like, like we saw in that third and fourth quarter against Green Bay, um, and then we you spin it forward and you see, okay, well, can they um, – you know, can that can that carry over to New Orleans a little bit? It's not as much about the wins; it's just about building building blocks. And then, you know, if they're able to fix this and they see that Jalen Hurts is, I mean, again, it doesn't mean this team's going to come back and catch the Giants or Washington, the NFC East. But if they're able to show some improvement offensively over these final four games, all of a sudden, Doug may have saved his job. Now, if things don't get fixed, mm-hmm. I think then that changes the equation because I think then then you're talking about, you know. I think you're going to be talking about a coaching change potentially, but if they're able to fix this, I think the Griff to answer your question, the answer comes here over these final four games and what, if anything, they get out of Jalen hurts. So um, I think that'll be see, see what happens. And then from there um, they make the decision. And while I was talking, and I'll welcome in Evan winter who uh, covers the bucks here. I want to welcome in Evan. What's going on, man. So Pat, thanks for the invite. I actually, like was scrolling through all my past invites and noticed I had so many unknown for un- unseen invites from locker room. And I realized I didn't have my <laughs> notifications on. So now that I've got oh my, my notifications gosh. on, yeah, now that I've got yeah, rookie mistake, right now that I've got my notifications yeah. on, man, definitely be doing this a lot you're, more often. You're going to be, our, you're going to have our higher ups coming after you, man, but you know, <laughs> I know, right. Your, I just, you got to turn admitted, your notifications just, on, you know, um, right. Just admitted probably foul play on there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But you know, that's why I look at, you know, I just said, I look at this as like, yeah, I think if you're the saints though, you know, you're coming in this, I mean, you're going to try to find a way and Brendan, you tell me if this is what you think, but if you're Sean Payton and Dennis Allen game playing, you're trying to make, I mean, this Eagles offensive line's a mess. They're banged up. They're old. They're not playing well. You got a quarterback who has never started an NFL game before. He is, you know, he does have a lot of experience. We don't really know what his, you know, uh, obviously, we, we saw a very small sample size against a Green Bay defense that pretty much was taking the rest of the game off on Sunday. I mean, if you're the Saints, you got to be game planning to look at this and just licking your chops and just make him as uncomfortable and put as much pressure on him as possible um, in this game. Is is that fair to say you think that's what the Saints are going to try to do? Oh, yeah. And but first, I want to say I think Doug Peterson is a great coach. He's won a Super Bowl there. And the Saints were in a pretty similar situation. Um, not really a benching situation, but uh, who's going to start a quarterback? And I thought it was a real statement that he decided to, on Monday, say Jalen's our starter. He'll be starting against the Saints. So the Saints were in the same situation with Taysom and uh, Jameis, and Sean waited t- until literally Sunday at 9.59 to announce who the starter was that game just because he didn't want to know who um, – he didn't want to tell the other team who's going to start. And he was talking about the difficulties about – facing uh, game plan for two quarterbacks. Is Carson going to start? Is Jalen going to start? I think it's a, re- a really true statement that he has confidence in Jalen to get this thing done. And, yeah, I the Saints have played a lot of younger quarterbacks this year, and what they've done is pretty similar every week. It's C.J. Garner-Johnson who loves playing freaking football. He'll get on that line, and they'll blitz him 10, 11, 12, 15 times a game. And Malcolm Jenkins in the box, he'll come to Demario as well. They love blitzing on younger quarterbacks. They, I will guarantee you will see CJ coming off the edge at least five times in this game. They're going to try to make uh, Jalen's debut living hell. 
Yeah, I just I, I think if you're the Saints, it's just like the, the, the game plan tells itself. I mean, you this is a team that is so one dimensional right now. And it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles try to do. I mean, do you get Jalen Hurts going in the run game? Do you try to get him out of the pocket? Which we've seen whether it's days at Alabama, Oklahoma, or in the limited time we've seen with the Eagles, he can scramble and, and run and, and get out there. Do they try to reestablish the run game? I'm very curious to see what, if anything, we see from Miles Sanders. I'm not banking on it because I've been saying this for weeks now and I'm tired of I'm a broken record of like, when are you going to run the football? Is this going to happen? It just is. It just isn't happening. You know, it's just not happening. Um, the Eagles receivers. I mean, the passing game. It's 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 that's the other part of this too that I think I'm glad that I think everyone's kind of coming around to seeing is that like yeah, quarterback play has been really bad, and that's the biggest problem. The receivers have also been terrible. They can't get open, and when they aren't on the field, they're hurt. So you don't have any consistency there. Um, I, I I look at this right now. I, I mean, it, it could be a very like for the Saints defensively, you're going to be at such a good defensive team. You're just handing them. You're just playing right into their hands with this. Um, and I think defensively for the Eagles, I mean, you're this is what scares me too is that a quarterback like Taysom Hill, even though he may not be Drew Brees or he may not be Aaron Rodgers, but the fact that Taysom Hill is this dual threat quarterback who can run, we see, we know he can he can be a receiver, we know he can throw the football. Having that dual threat is what scares me for the Eagles because you don't know what's coming. They've seen this the last two weeks with Wilson and with Rodgers where you got a guy who can is comfortable in the pocket, can roll out, can can extend plays, and you know can do stuff with his feet. Obviously, Taysom Hill can do the same thing. This is a recipe for a disaster, I think, for the Eagles' defense because they don't do well when you're going up against a – a type of quarterback where he's not a traditional pocket passer, you know, not like Evans, uh, Tom Brady, you know, who might be a little <laughs> bit of a better matchup for them. But, and I don't mean that as a slight, I mean, it's just that like, it's you, what you're seeing is what you get. It's different where, you know, with these other guys who can do a little bit more than just, they're going to sit in the pocket. So I, I look at this matchup in, from that regard and just knowing what Kamara can do both in the passing game, and the running game is like, this could be a nightmare for the Eagles events, which they've held their own this year. They've had, I think we lost him a little bit, but I kind of know where he was going in, in terms of he stopping the run. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so your question is like, uh, how the Eagles are going to stop the run? Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, I was going to say just like, how do you – I mean, I mean, what is the best way to try to slow down this Saints offense probably? Is it better? Because, like, I guess what look at this team, right? Like, if you were the Eagles defense, how would you try to slow down this Saints offense? What would be the best best solution? Yeah. Well, I know that I know the Eagles front seven and uh, defense line in terms of personnel is, is is pretty good. They got some they got some good names, but um, it's it's going to be like unlike any kind of situation they've seen because the Saints. I know Russell Wilson can move; he can get out of the pocket. Aaron Rodgers can move well, but they will literally have design runs for Taysom. And yep. there's not really mm-hmm. a quarterback in the league that will really like quarterback power right down your throat kind of thing. And it's been the first time in franchise history, actually, the Saints have run for 200 yards in back-to-back weeks. So they're yeah. definitely favoring running the football. I mean, if they can run for 200 yards in this game, they would love to do that. They don't want to pass. They don't want to make it. Um, I know it's going to be a cold environment for them. So uh, throwing the football is never really in your favor in the freezing cold. Um, Rock-hard football they love doing. And in terms of stopping it, man, I mean, you really have to ask Dennis Allen. I mean – 
other other teams haven't been able to stop it. I I I have no idea how to either. Right, right. It's that's what I'm saying. I just think this is a a, a mightily tall test. You're just asking this defense again that to do too much, and I just feel like the Saints with the way they're playing right now. And the way they just can, as you said, because they've been concentrating so much on the run, they can just grind you down. They're not going to blow you away like maybe like Green Bay will, you know, or Kansas City. But they'll just grind you down. And I, I, and I think that that style could really be a problem for the Eagles because defensively the problem they've had too is that this defense is just logging so many minutes on the field. And what happens is they get late in the games and they get worn out. They're tired. They're gassed and they drop the rope, and the game is gets out of hand, really. And it's not even like they're full. It's just they're, they're holding up the whole foundation because the offense can't do anything. Um, Evan, I want to just see what – I know you have no – well, you may have a horse. You're probably pulling for the Eagles, even though there's not much the Eagles can do for you right now. What do you think about this game when you're looking at from afar as a, uh, as a Buccaneers fan? What are you looking at for this matchup? ton of defense, man. I see just defense written all over this game. Um, and actually, I have the Saints winning, but I have the Eagles covering the spread. I think it's going to be a really close game. I don't know. You just feel like this is – you heard the reports coming out last week about how the Eagles were trying to get up for Doug Peterson and, and yeah. try to win one for him. Um, yeah. I don't really think that's going to fade away this week. Obviously, that's speculation on my part. But I think they're still going to be up. They're still going to try to get it done. And obviously, Jalen Hurts instead of Carson Wentz. We always know about the Memphis quarterback switch, how it can bring a spark. Um, I definitely yeah. think that's going to be one way they go about doing things. But I got a question for both of y'all. Um, Pat, yeah. do you see the Eagles, since obviously Jalen's a little bit more of a mobile guy, um, mm-hmm. kind of like Taysom, just not as explosive. Uh, do you see the Eagles bar, and obviously this is an abstract question, but do you see the Eagles possibly borrowing some ideas from the Saints to use in this uh, game, how the Saints use Taysom? And then, Brendan, do you possibly see the Saints kind of prepping for Hurts in this offense the way they prep for Taysom in the Saints offense in practice? Brendan, you go ahead first. I'll let you go take it. I actually really like that question because all the reports that came out of New Orleans this week is, so is Taysom going to run the scout team this week against the defense? And it's it's, it's really, <laughs> truly, like, he, he might have to. I, I don't know who else would kind of resemble Jalen. But I remember on draft day when they took – Jalen Hurts. Everyone was a little bit surprised because they just signed Carson that deal, and they're all all the people were like, "Well, they got their Taysom Hill. Are they going to use him like Taysom Hill?" And I've seen how they used him earlier in the offseason. and it was kind of like how the Saints started out using um, Taysom in their offense. So I think they're very, very, very similar. Um, they, of course, they got different running abilities and stuff, but I, I really think Taysom ran that scout team offense this week. I don't know though. Yeah, it's funny you saying that, Brendan. I remember when they took him in April, that was the immediate like take or, or reaction spin was, oh, the Eagles got their Taysom Hill now. They got it. Um, that's a great question, Evan, and I, I agree with you. I think, first off, number one, and both of you were talking about this, and you know, Doug Peterson, amid all this, is still, I think, a really good coach. And he's obviously won the Super Bowl. Um, he hasn't lost that locker room. The players still love him. He still has that locker room. Um, you know, that's the important thing that has to be had here. And I think, yeah, as we've said here, that if things can get turned around um, in these last four games, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think he keeps his job because then we may see that it may have been more of a quarterback issue than we may know already. I do think that, yes, I think if you're the Eagles, you use a lot of what Taysom Hill's doing because, number one, let's – we've – I mean, we're not stupid. Like, we've just said it here ourselves. The first comparison you think of with Jalen Hurts is a Taysom Hill. Like, 
right. you've seen what New Orleans has done here over the last couple of years. You've seen what they've done here since um, uh, he's taken over for Breeze since, in Breeze's absence. You've seen that they have success, and it is not going to blow you away. And the Eagles are not trying to blow people away right now with Jalen Hurts. You're just trying to find things that works to his skill set. Same with Taysom Hill. I think they do the same thing. I think they try to do a lot where you try to get him, you know, keep him in comfortable situations. Like we were talking about earlier, Brendan, you know, keep him in a spot where, you know, he's not having to make big throws or just big plays. Just try to get him spots, roll him out, get him where he's able to buy time out of the pocket and stuff. So he's not just having the, you know, this situation that Carson was having where he's just sitting in the pocket, the offensive line breaks down and he's getting beat up all the entire game. Allow him to use those legs um, and, and get out there. The other thing, too, is just from a practical standpoint, and Brendan, I don't know if you know this, Doug Peterson and Sean Payton are very good friends. That, mm-hmm. is, a, that is a well-known fact. Um, anyone who's who has followed their relationship, they are very close. Doug Peterson, before he got the Eagles job, um, had been living in Louisiana, I believe. I believe his son, yeah. I don't know if he was still in high school there, but was going to school there. Um, he and Sean Payton, extremely close. Uh, I believe they have gone fishing together. <laughs> I, it is a very close relationship, and I believe that they share. I would like to think that when they go and hang out, they probably share a few concepts. I would think that they probably talk a lot about, um, you know, they talk shop a lot about coaching and football. So um, I think just based on that, yes, I think there's a lot of that that goes on. And I agree. Like, that's so funny. You mentioned it before, Brendan, going back to your comment. Absolutely. I think that they definitely use Taysom with the scout team this week because, it just makes too much sense not to. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, I did know that they're super close, and I think that was part of the reason they probably took Jalen. And talk about coach of the year, I know Sean Payton's not getting too much love for that, but uh, the initial reaction from everyone was when uh, Sean said he's starting to taste him over Jameis. I think everyone's a little bit surprised, honestly. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's not going to work. It's a tight end playing quarterback. And the right. fact that Taysom's done a phenomenal job um, from here, from the start to now, um, we don't know how he's going to play in this game, but obviously I think he's done, Sean Payton Bean has done a great job coaching him and using Taysom's strong points. And the offense has really looked, it's, it's, it's been a complete change. It, it looks different. It looks a lot different than when Drew Brees was in. He's using Taysom's strengths. And I know Doug, being a good coach, will find what Jalen can do good and probably better than Carson Wentz in terms of, uh, moving out of the pocket, using his legs, and just his throwing ability. I know I saw lots of that being an LSU fan. I saw lots of that against LSU yeah. as well. I right. mean, he, he can sling it. I mean, th- it's a good comparison. I know uh, Jalen's not going to want to truck you or, or whatnot, but you can. there's ways to make it work. I mean, he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He can be successful. I, I like the comparison of Russ Wilson as well just because he's, he's mobile. He moves in the pocket really, really well. You can make it work with the Jalen and Taysom if you got the right coaching staff and the right scheme. Yeah, man, all the all this talk about coaching and adjustments and proper adjustments just makes me so jealous because that sure as hell does happen in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Evan over here, you're you're watching this like public, uh, you know, uh, general hospital like uh, spatting of uh, things between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. You know, just like uh, you know, whatever it is, I don't even know what to even describe it as. You know. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to figure it out over here as well. Hopefully we'll get some answers over these last four weeks. But as with everything in this league, only time will tell. Yeah, and it's interesting, Brendan, going back to what you were saying, like the thing that I like about with Jalen, and I've noticed this, and I noticed this against Green Bay, and now and in comparison to Carson, now part of it with Carson was that this, again, as I was saying before, the offensive line has just been, it's just been horrific this year. 
for a number of reasons. Um, and I, I think he's like, it's like some people said, he's seen ghosts out there. Like Galen has a very good pocket presence. And I think that's one reason why he's getting the start on Sundays because when he's in the pocket, even when the pocket collapses a bit and like Carson can roll out, we've seen he's, he's Carson's got a little bit. I'm not saying he's as good or has that. It's not quite, you know, he's exactly like him, but it reminds me a lot of Cam Newton where he's a big physical guy who likes to be able to roll out, run, will be physical, will be able to, you know, is not going to be afraid to, you know, take some contact. Um, and it's obviously worked against him and Cam because it's both led to injuries for both of them. But um, with Jalen, though, you know, he's able to have a really good pocket presence. I noticed the other day. And, um, you know, I think that inspired confidence because he's not just like the minute that things break down. He's he wasn't making bad decisions. He wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to take the sack. He was trying to either, you know, throw the ball away or find another receiver or make something happen with his own feet. So, again, though, I'm very curious to see what's this like in a four quarter game, not when you're coming in down 20 in the third quarter in Green Bay. Let's see what this is like four quarters against the best arguably the best defense in the league against a team like we've said here is going to blitz like crazy on Sunday. Yeah. Going back to when I, when I met him, I met him at the Manning passing Academy and I know mm-hmm. he comes off as a really cool guy. Like he type of guy that will go to the bar and take your girlfriend away from you. He just talks smooth and clean, but he's a <laughs> super, super smart guy and he can, he can really sling it and he knows all the details about football. I mean, it, it he, I know he doesn't come across as a super, one of the smarter guys in the league, but he is super smart. I was really blown away. He's probably one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Um, and yes, going back to the Saints defense being uh, playing another plane, Jalen's not going to worry about that. He's, of course, played for Alabama. He's seen Georgia. He's seen LSU. He's seen all these top defenses. He's not worried about the pass rush. He's been hit. He's been nailed. I mean, I don't think this is going to be anything really new for him. And mm-hmm. playing Alabama, you play the, t- the the toughest teams each and every single week. And I, I think I think he's really ready for this. And I know Carson has been um, – well, you tell me in terms of how he's done under pressure, but I know yeah. Jalen's going to sit there and um, wait to that last minute and use his feet. And he, he makes me a little nervous. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It makes me a little nervous when um, I saw the, uh, saw the quarterback change. Yeah, well, it's, it just throws you off because that's the thing with, with – Carson this year, he's just that's been one of his many issues is being under pressure. The decision making just goes out the window. It's it's really remarkable. Like a couple of years ago, that year when he was on track to become the MVP of the league in twenty seventeen. I mean, he was making smart decisions, making good throws, good pocket awareness, good pocket presence, being able to roll out, just being smart. And that wasn't happening this year. I mean, that's again like he was. You know, again, part of it I think is just this: is what happens when you get sacked as much as he has this year and the offensive line has been as bad and is as banged up and as old as it is that, yeah, you're going to probably like, you're going to have a little like PTSD for lack of a better you know way to describe it. Anytime this pocket breaks down that you're kind of going to start, you know, freaking out, but still though, like it's not a good sign. It's a sign of a, of a regression that we've seen. Um, and he just hasn't, as I said, he's not making good throws. He takes unnecessary sacks and that obviously kills drives and takes points off the board and turns, Drives that should end with touchdowns turn into field goals, or drives that could be field goals takes them out of field goal range. So it, it's it's very. Um, I think that's again one of the, that's been one of the many things with Carson is that we haven't seen this year is an ability to play well when under pressure. Um, but again, this is just like as we've as I've said here, this is the quarterback issue is just one of several that we've seen offensively, um, and I think that'll be you know yeah as I said I think that could again be exposed on Sunday going up against a good defensive team. 
Um, I guess to kind of wrap things up here, since we've really done a really good job covering this matchup and breaking it all down, I want to go around here. I know, Evan, I'll start with you on this. You kind of were talking about a little bit earlier of how you think this game will play out. What's your prediction? How do you think this game goes? And what's the prediction? I know you've got the Eagles covering. What do you think for a final score? Thinking like 23-20, something like that, 2017, something in that range. Um, I don't know, man. I just have this gut feeling that we're just going to see both defensive lines get after it. Saints have a great offensive line. Obviously, the Eagles, nah, you know, not as much, but still talked about how Doug Peterson still believe he's a good coach. I think he will have enough wrinkles in the game plan this week to at least keep the ball moving and to keep the Saints uh, defense honest to a point, not to where they're scoring, you know, 40 points, but at least to where they can be efficient with the ball. Um, and then obviously you've got Sean Payton who, Brendan, you know this, I've said he's I've said he's the second best coach in the league behind Bill Belichick. Well, after this year, he's now moved up to the top head coach in the league, in my opinion, and he's going to have the Saints ready to go. So at the end of the day, I just, I, it just looks like that that's what's going to happen, in my opinion. Brendan, what do you think, man? I mean, in these in these past uh, 15 quarters, the Saints have given up one touchdown. I think the Eagles find the end zone yeah. twice. I think they find mm-hmm. it twice. I think um, – I, I really I do like the Eagles offense. I'm I'm I know they've had some offensive line problems. I know uh Jason Peters has battled some injuries and Lane Johnson and everyone else. Um I could see um I, I feel like three points is it I could definitely see it happening in these past in these past few weeks. I've seen how that could happen. I think the Saints win like twenty four to like sixteen or seventeen. They haven't given up seventeen points in uh like four or five weeks. I think they try to continue that pace. But I, I really could see them getting like a one-possession game late and seven, eight points I think around that range is kind of fair. And if Taysom doesn't play really well, I could see it being, like Evan said, a three-point game or something like that. Yeah, I think this game I think has the ability for one of these, what we've seen a couple times here, especially it happened in that Seattle game for the Eagles on Monday night a few weeks ago. This could be one of these classic like Eagles backdoor cover deals where they're down like 14 and they end up scoring late and it actually cuts it to like six or seven. And that's what it ends up being. Yeah. I think the saints, I think they get it done. They're just the better team. It's as simple as that. And this is a team that is marching towards if they can keep it up the number one seed in the NFC. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. Meanwhile, the Eagles are a team right now that yes, they can catch the giants, catch Washington in the NFC East, but the, the, the window is closing very quickly. The path is narrowed. And their chance of getting the playoffs are not there. It's it's as I said, it's less about getting a win this week. It's it's more about development and execution and being able to play smart and play well and and seeing what you have going forward over these final four games. So um, I'll go with then Saints twenty three, Eagles seventeen. I think the Eagles compete, they fight, but the Saints are just a better team. And um, I, but I would be all I'm looking for is you know for this team to like you know, to come out and play hard and to, you know, if they get rolled over, then fine, but you can get rolled over and at least compete and play hard. But as I just want to see them go out there and actually try to win this game. And I think they will, because as I was saying before, Doug Peterson hasn't lost this locker room yet. These guys still believe in him and um, the, these guys are still competing. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. It's not like this is a, a bad team that has completely quit on the coach and quit on everything. This is just a bad team that at least they go out every week and they do play hard. So I think that's, that's what you're looking for right now at this point with this team. Well, hey, I will say this and call it PTSD if you want, because I lost a ton of money 
But don't forget, two years ago in the Superdome, Eagles were heavy, heavy dogs, and they ended up winning the game. So a little yeah. bit of history. You never know what could happen between these two teams. Absolutely. I will these say, yeah. it, it nope. could be a trap game as well because it's, it's, it's their yeah. last game on a three-game road trip. And they, yeah. they got Kansas City next week. I know they're looking at that game. For sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, these teams know each other very well. I mean, you go back, like, they played each other twice two years ago. Of course, they had that playoff game that was really great. They had the, they played each other last year. Um, you know, they these teams know each other very, very well. Obviously, they have the, the, the Saints have their, uh, other than the Doug Peterson, Sean Payton connection, Brendan, obviously, you and I were talking about this on the early end of the pot of the show, where – um, you know, they, the Saints are going to have as knowledgeable of a guy about the Eagles as anyone in Malcolm Jenkins, who knows how they play as, as well as anybody in the league, given his seven years in Philadelphia. So um, just from that Europe alone, as well. and yes, and, and Patrick Robinson as well, of course, who was on the Super Bowl team too. So you've got a couple guys who know a lot of what's going on in that building. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. I hope for a good game. That's all you can ask for really. But, um, guys, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Brendan, it was great having you on for a first time. It was great chatting with you. I appreciate your insight and perspective on the Saints. Evan, as always, I know we've chatted a bunch on here. Appreciate you coming on as well to share some insight and, uh, we'll enjoy the football this weekend. We'll, we'll connect soon. All right, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it, Pat. Sounds good, man. Y'all take it easy. All right. Take care guys. Later. Be good. Let's go! Let's go.